What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we're going to be doing an episode about dating tips, um, some of our differences in the way that we had dated in our 20s versus our 30s. I did a poll on my Instagram asking you guys for um, upcoming topics, suggestions, things that you would like us to talk about. And I got a few messages from men asking for dating tips from our perspective and so cool. it's kind of like Happy you know give them. <laughs> yeah I know it's like just the two of us but uh yeah we can definitely talk about at least from our perspective stuff that maybe like we would find successful for a guy I don't know oh absolutely I you know full disclosure I have not dated since I was 25 or 26 because I've been with my husband for almost seven years right but I crammed a lot of dating in, in my twenties and I used a lot of different approaches and I do have a lot to share about like what I really enjoyed about my now husband when we were dating and the things that he did. Um, yeah. and also, you know, if I were to be single in my thirties, how I would approach it. Cause I know exactly what I would do if I were to ever be single, you know, hopefully yeah. that does not happen. Yes. Very happy with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited about this one and I, I'm so glad somebody asked for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the people have asked for this to, to give a shit what we think and what makes us feel good when we're dating. And of course we can't speak for like all women on this, but, uh, right. definitely, you know, there's a lot of similarities with what we want at least with my friend group, because we all yes. talk about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to hear your perspective on stuff, especially because you did go through like a lot of different experiences in your twenties. And I think that really shaped and sharpened what you cared about. For your future yeah for sure and i'm excited to hear about your stuff because you did both you did it <laughs> in the 20s and the 30s and you know a big you know a big change in your life you know a few years right. back so 
I know this is going to be a juicy topic. Yeah, I'm excited. So <laughs> this is coming out on uh, April 3rd, which which means your birthday's in two days and my birthday's in a week. Hell yeah. <laughs> when this comes out. But um, I will be in San Francisco this week at the Punchline, and I'm so excited. That's one of my favorite clubs in the country. So cannot wait to see you, San Francisco Helpsters. I know that we've got a, a fair chunk of you guys out there. <clears throat> and then I will be in, let's see, uh, Rosemont and Chicago a couple weeks after that. I will be in Denver at the end of April, Salt Lake City in May, Uncasville in May, and so many more coming up. So please go to KelseyCook.com and get those tour date tickets. Amazing. And if you're a mental health professional and you're growing your business authentically or you're navigating how the hell to do that, I'd love to have you over at the Minimalist Business Podcast. Um, it is a free podcast that you can get at DelaneyFisher.com, my website. D-E-L-A-N-I-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. Um, it's a private show, but completely free. And we talk about how to build your business authentically and expand your reach, whether you want to start a podcast or start speaking engagements or write a book, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, just love it over there. So come on over. And even if you're not a mental health professional, if you're just interested in uh, scaling with simplicity, that's what yeah. we talk about. Yeah, yes. love it. So good. Well, should we start with a quotable? Because... I have one. <laughs> okay, great. I have one too. Yes, go for it, Kels. I have one that really applies to all of life, but I think they can. It, this quote can be very pertinent for relationship stuff is uh, let go or be dragged. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, this can do, I think, with um, moving on from relationships in your life, whether they're romantic or friendships that aren't serving you, or, um, maybe you're hung up on something still from the past that's continuing to drag you down. And I think sometimes just stopping and taking inventory of your life of like, are there things that I'm ruminating on, on a daily basis that aren't serving me in a positive way? Like, can I just learn the lessons right. from it and move forward? Yes. So good. So, so good. Um, the one that I'm going to share is we've said this on the show before, but it was like the first year that the podcast started. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's about, you know, finding your person. And um, it's, uh, if you can love the wrong person that much, imagine how much you could love the right one. Yes. I remember that. Have you read that? So good. And, you know, not that there's a right or wrong person. I think there can be the right person for you at every stage of your life, honestly, no matter okay. where you're at, right? Um, but that really helped me a lot because my first heartbreak was horrific, really yeah. so much trauma and the amount of love I felt for that person. I never thought I'd be able to feel that way again. Yeah. And the, you know, how much I love cam as like, oh, it's like not even comparable Wow. You know, because yeah. of who mm -hmm. he is and how he is to me is like, I, I, you know, when you're going through that kind of pain, you think like, oh my God, this was it. I, this is never, I'm never gonna, this is yeah. unmatched, you yeah. know? And it's like, no, there's somebody else out there that's gonna give you what you want and need and make you feel really um, seen in your relationship. Definitely. That's a quote that, oh, it's probably my top five from the show in terms of like ones I bring up in conversation to friends. If a friend yes. is going through a heartbreak, I bring that quote up all the time because it's so true. It really yeah. like as a tried and true thing in life. And I agree. I feel like every relationship I've had, I was supposed to be with that person at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
like I don't regret a single really like everything has taught me lessons like I just think they've been the relationships I was supposed to have at those stages in my life I totally agree I could not agree more yeah yes yeah so if you've been listening to the show for a long time you know that Delaney used to be like dating app extraordinaire I mean is that an appropriate title I I'm talking about more (laughs) your your approach to meeting people with such great foreshadowing into like your line of work and all this stuff because you were the efficiency queen yes you would set dates up like job interviews Mm -hmm. you did not want to waste your time or people's that you were dating time and yeah yeah I'm so curious like what your approach was then and if you still stand by that like if you would recommend that for people in their 30s or or it doesn't have to be in their 30s but like I guess anybody looking to date if you like that approach interesting so yeah my approach back then was very much like I don't want to drag this process out because on the dating apps you could send a message to somebody for like months and then like not me or then you meet and then it's not there. So then you like talk to somebody for three, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, it didn't feel efficient. And so my approach was literally, if somebody messaged me that I was interested in, or if I, I mostly messaged people and asked them out, I didn't sit around and wait for people to message me. So my approach right, okay. was just like, Hey, I'm not on here very much. Um, let me know if you want to grab a coffee like this week or this weekend, here's when I'm available. And so it would move from the online space to the real world very quickly because I just didn't have the time or patience. Like it's mostly the patience for the back and forth virtually. It's too overwhelming for me. Um, and so I also (laughs) that back then thought of it as like, this is just kind of a numbers game. Um, I'm going to commit to meeting 10 new people. And, and then we'll see, well, I'll evaluate. Do I want to take a break? Do I want to keep going? Because I know it's only going to take one. It's only going to take one person for me to be excited about seeing them again. And then maybe something will come of it. And I had three different boyfriends from OkCupid. Like I had wow. a pretty good success yeah. with finding boyfriends from dating apps. And then I never had to meet 10 people. It always happened in like under five dates, first okay. dates with people. Um, and so I would, I would set them up like, job interviews and, and mostly just because like, I took it seriously. I was like, I really want a boyfriend right now. So I'm not going to dick around here. I'm going to take the same approach that I would to finding a job or whatever other, other project I had at the time. Yeah, And I could either let this, I could drag this out over the course of a year or two, or I could just do this in like a month and see how many people I can meet. So I literally would sometimes have a couple, two, three in a day. I I don't recommend this because you can burn out and get a little confused about who's coming in next. But um, (laughs) I did have like, there was, you know, a couple of times where I had like a a breakfast, lunch and dinner date with somebody. And sometimes it was at the same same location. (laughs) I've told this story before, but you know, between a lunch and a dinner date, I might, you know, wrap up with somebody and go to my car and like put on a different sweater or a scarf or change my hair. So that way, when I went back to the same like restaurant, people didn't like recognize me right away that I was just <laughs> there with a different dude um, every few hours. So that, you know, maybe I wouldn't take Oh my God. But um, yeah, I did that and it worked because I just figured, well, I'm going to front load this effort. Yeah, because the payoff could be really awesome. Like I could just 
if I, if I find somebody I like, I could, you know, I could have a boyfriend pretty soon. I don't feel like waiting six months to a year, year and a half, if I have control over my part of it, you know? So that was my approach compared to what I would do now. (laughs) I I really like you were living your own season of the bachelorette but like the only shooting location was Panera you just like (laughs) condensed it all it was like very low budget so low budget yeah I would love to have been somebody working in whatever cafe you're in that day you guys I mean people recognize me like I was not fooling anybody you know I didn't change my makeup and like they were like hello (laughs) you know um, but yeah. yeah, I picked something that was close to my place so I could just walk there. It was super convenient for me. And it was nice, a place nice. I'd like the food. So I know I'd be eating well all day while meeting these wonderful people. And I only got almost caught one time because my lunch late was running a little long and my dinner date was going to be arriving. And oh. so I really had to like make up an excuse why I had to get out of there because the date was going to Oh my home. God. I, like, I didn't oh even think God. about that. Dude. Oh my God. I'm so fucked. You know? And so that was, I was like, leave some buffer room. If you do this, maybe like a breakfast and dinner date, skip the lunch or something just in case the date goes well. But one of those guys ended up becoming my boyfriend uh, before I met Cam. So even that worked where I was like, oh God, there's some overlap. I'm going to get in trouble. The uh, the dinner date guy became my boyfriend for uh, several months. So um, yeah, my approach now would be very similar, but not as many people probably because Delaney at 24, when I was doing that, did I didn't know myself as well as I do now. Right. So I don't think I would find as many people, not in a bad way, that I would want to meet in real life. Got it. Okay. Because I'd be looking at, you know, potential deal breakers, like their values and stuff like that. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted back then. Um, but I would use the same approach as in, hey, let's grab coffee and let's get to it because I'm yeah. not going to go back and forth on this. And I might have a FaceTime call before meeting somebody in person just okay. for convenience sake. That's maybe the only thing I would do differently, but I would still be like, let's just meet for coffee or a drink or dessert and uh, let's get it going. Okay. Cause that was <laughs> going to be one of my questions for you is yeah. now Again, I wasn't on dating apps in my 20s, and so I don't know what was common then, but um, the the short period of time that I was on them in my 30s, it felt like FaceTime was a really common first step between like initial chatting and a, an in-person date. Yeah. And for me, I think I had done, gosh, maybe, I'm trying to think maybe three FaceTime dates through the app and two of them were like immediate no's for me where I was like, oh, I'm so glad that neither of us have to like waste any more time. And then one of them, I was like, okay, like I'm interested enough that I'll like give this a shot in person. And then that uh, in-person date ended up becoming a bit of mine that it was just like not not a great situation um, yeah. a guy who meant very well but just you know it just wasn't there right. and so yeah it's hard because it's like FaceTime I'm sure some people can argue that they're a little uncomfortable of a situation maybe you're not really getting to be your best self but it also for the sake of efficiency like 
I would imagine you just get to the core a lot more quickly and decide like, Ooh, okay. Not, not somebody that I would go out in person with. Exactly. I think it's like, you can, you can at least, um, experience this person's energy or essence or personality more. And, um, that when I was doing online dating, I don't even know if FaceTime was a thing yet. Like, I don't, I can't remember. And it definitely was not built into any of the apps or anything. Cause if it was, I would have probably done that as a first step because there was a lot of first dates that I wasn't feeling it. And I would have been able to know that on a FaceTime call without meeting them in person. And I would have saved us both time and, you know, some uncomfortability, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I think a FaceTime is a great approach. So my, my approach now would probably be like, Hey, let me know if you want to FaceTime this week for like 15 minutes, just to say hi. And then, you know, go from there. Okay. I also have another question for you because you are big on taking the first step on initiating communication. You don't like to wait around. You like to just kind of get in there. Yeah. This seems to be a pretty big topic of debate. When I talk to, you know, my friends who are single right now, there's the whole courting thing where sometimes women don't want to be the first to take action because yeah. they they want to feel pursued. So would you now still be somebody who took that first step or would you be somebody that's more interested in kind of seeing if they're going to make the move and feel courted, I guess? Ooh, I love this question. A thousand percent, I would make the first move every time. Wow, um, okay. That's how I got my husband. That's how I got Cam. I made the first moves. Um, he was and not going to make the first move because I was That doesn't matter to you. <laughs> no, oh, sorry, because- say that again? I mean, he wasn't going to make the first move anyway, because I was his boss at the time. So that that was a little, it was complicated. Important. Um, I see it as somebody's going to make the first move at some point and their first move could have been, they did send me a message and I'm just escalating that like message saying, oh, I'm interested too. Let's meet. Um, Or they liked my photo or something. Right. So it wasn't always me like out of nowhere, we had no interaction, but the ones where we did have zero interaction and it was me. you know, sliding into their messages. Um, I see it as somebody has got to make the first move anyway. And you may have not seen me on here yet. There's so many people on here that I'm just like, um, maybe we were, I don't know, maybe we matched or maybe we did. I don't even know, but I just want to make you aware that I exist and that I'm interested in in talking with you. Um, so that's number one. Um, because I don't want to make assumptions that they saw me. Um, and then number two is there's gotta be reciprocity just because I make the first move doesn't mean I'm going to make all the moves, right? Like they have to accept the date and then on the date they can make a move, right? They can ask if they, if they want to kiss me or whatever. And so I was good with initiating and then I would let it be reciprocal. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not a fan of like, Oh God, I'm I'm making all the moves and I feel like I'm just pulling dead weight here. That doesn't make me feel good. Um, But when it's like it's received and then they do something, I'm like, oh, cool. I don't, I don't care that I made the first move. Um, How do you feel about all that? Well, I think exactly what you just said that, that the back and forth is so important in a relationship. I think especially early on that you are feeling that both of you are interested in moving it forward, that it's not just one person making effort over and over. Um, You know, it's hard because 
I will say I, I like when, uh, historically for me, like in the past, when a guy has made the first move, initiated communication, I like that because to me that shows confidence, that shows just that like they're willing to be vulnerable and put themselves out yeah. there. To me, there's that's attractive in a lot of ways. And I think because my job taps into a lot of masculine parts of me, I, I think like going on stage and performing and comedy is such a male dominated field that in my relationships, it's nice to kind of tap more into my feminine side and not feel um, quite as masculine as sometimes I feel in my job. And so, yeah, for me, like when my single friends are like, I'm not sending the first message anymore. I just want to be courted. I just, I'm like, listen, I get it. I, I understand, which I think leads to a question that is like, what is the best first message? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something for the people who reached out on my Instagram polls of like dating tips for men in their 30s. I think there's that pressure of like, if you are going to send the first message, what do people want? And unfortunately, right. I think everybody wants different things. I don't think there's like a 100% success rate of one method. But like we said at the beginning, we can only speak for <laughs> each other today on the episode of what we like. And yeah. I. I think the majority of women get a little turned off by a generic opening message. Of course. You know, anything that feels like super low effort. Copy and paste. Copy. Yeah. A copy and paste. Yeah. It just, I hated, I hated when I was on the apps when somebody would say, Hey, I always was just like, get the fuck out of here with that that's all you have like that just I hated that but Mm -hmm. some people I think maybe like that maybe that seems more coy I I don't know or casual like if they're looking for maybe something casual versus like I'm looking for a relationship versus a hookup I think there maybe could be different ways you can reach out and it's received the way that you want right Yeah, yeah I it felt like if somebody just said, hey, it's like, okay, I guess technically you are initiating communication. Yeah. You're kind of putting it back on the other person to actually make conversation. Because yes. you could also just say, hey, back. And then it's like this weird chess game. <laughs> or oh, checkers of like <laughs> duh, 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 these like little tiny moves. I just felt like any sort yeah. of... Um, Anytime somebody would send an opening message that was thoughtful or um, commenting on something that they had like seen in my profile, like an interest or a hobby or whatever, that always felt like I think women are more um, likely to at least see where that conversation goes if somebody's Mm -hmm. put in the effort to make you feel like you're not just a number to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. With anything, right? Like the first message, if you can take a two minutes to read my profile and grab one thing that you can mention and acknowledge, right. whether we like the same sports team or the same snack or at literally anything, commenting right. on one of my photos of where I traveled to, um, it just, yeah, it shows that you give a little bit more of a shit than the hey guy. Like I yeah. t- can tell you, I did not respond to a single, hey, sup, what's up? 
how you doing? I did not even respond. Didn't even, did not zero. If somebody reached out to me and made an effort, I usually responded. Yeah. Even Mm -hmm. if I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really maybe feeling this yet, but I'm going to maybe engage with that. And I did the same thing as a woman. I didn't just go, Hey, (laughs) sup. Cause I'm a lady and I know you might respond just because I'm a lady. Like I still, I still acknowledge like one of their hobbies or something. And most importantly, I didn't bullshit. Like I was myself. If I had nothing in common with the person, but I thought they were attractive. I said that I'm like, look, I did not read any of the books you listed, but I think you're really cute. And you seem like you have a good energy. Let me know if you want to meet for coffee. I'm not going to pretend I've read Harry Potter. I fucking haven't. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but if there was something Hold like, on. oh my God, we went to the same school. <laughs> we, this might be the last episode of the podcast because have you ever told me that, that you haven't? But I've, no, never read Harry Potter. I've seen some of the, some of the movies. Oh. I don't really read books. I got to be honest. I just, I like audiobooks. Delaney, everything you're saying <laughs> is making it harder and harder for me to move forward in this friendship and this podcast. You don't really read books? What are you talking no. about? No, I don't really read books. I like, I, I love audiobooks. I, I, when I read a book, I just read the same paragraph over and over because I, it, something's not computing. So I, I like, I like being able to listen. It takes and me has, forever. This is a little bit of a tangent, but has that always been that way for you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was like, oh, this is taking forever. I keep getting distracted with my own thoughts. And then I'm like, oh fuck, what did this paragraph say? So I have to reread a lot when, when I listen to something, I don't have to like uh, rewind back on the audio as much. I'm like really retaining the information. Okay. And I know you've um, discussed on the show kind of trying to figure out if anything you struggle with comes from a place of ADHD versus anxiety what yeah. do you feel like that taps into more? Oh gosh. Well, because I mean, I was told I don't have ADHD. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm just, I'm bored when I'm reading a book. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even if it's a good book, like sitting and wow. reading, I'm like, I, there's gotta be a, I think it's an efficient, the efficiency thing. There's gotta be a better way for me to get this information in my head while I'm doing something else. So when I'm listening to an audiobook. I'm doing the dishes or I'm taking a walk. And like, I feel like more present. You think that you maybe feel more present if you're just sitting and reading, but I do not. I feel more present when I'm like moving my body and listening to something. Fascinating. (laughs) I'm trying to not say anything judgmental. (laughs) No, I never, I mean, I read fine growing up as a kid, but didn't do anything for me. The way that people are like, oh, I could just sit inside with a good book. I'm like, yeah, I want a good audiobook while I'm walking around the neighborhood looking at trees. Wow. You know yeah, what? Doesn't do anything. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna choose to respect it because everybody's Appreciate different. It. It's fine. Yeah. I just yeah, on no. be on behalf of our listeners who are also diehard Harry Potter fans, just know <laughs> that like those sentiments are not a blanket statement for our podcast. Yes, no, I I know a lot of Harry Potter Potter heads uh, in my life, so don't don't you worry. I hang out with those people. Um, Can I tell you something? You don't deserve to. <laughs> <laughs> One time, 
<laughs> I told one of my friends who loves Harry Potter that I went to more, I think the Warner Brothers tour where you get you get told you wear the hat, they tell you. And I was like, oh, I went, I did that tour and I I was um I, I got Griffin Pop. And she's like, what the fuck did you just say? Did you just say Griffin Pop? And I was like, yeah, I got the Griffin Pop category when I put the hat on. She's like, it's Griffin. I want to slam my laptop shut. What is going on? How have we been friends for so long? I, I... Griffin yeah. Pop. Yeah. So, you know, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't everybody's cup of tea on, uh, on the dating apps. Right. Like, but I was honest, <laughs> like, Hey, have not read any of those books, but I do like hiking. And so do you, you know, would love to meet for coffee. Yeah. Right. But it's like, if it's, you're acknowledging their, what they're interested in yeah. and you're also being yourself. Like if I wanted, if there was something on their profile that made me want to crack a joke, I, I did the joke. Right. I didn't overthink, you know, because yeah. if it's, if it's going to be received, then that person is like on the same energy field as me. And yeah. if it's not received, I don't know if I really want to meet them for coffee anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but, it's so uh, honest. It's very endearing. It's like, yeah, listen, you know, I'm illiterate, <laughs> but you're hot. No, I'm kidding. I promise I'll stop. I'm, I'm just being a dick to, to be funny. Um, yeah, that would be my, that'd be my approach. I wasn't, I, when I was on the dating apps, I wasn't hoping or wanting anybody to like waiting for somebody to do something that I wasn't also willing to do back. Okay. I was like, you have to send me a fucking paragraph, but you're going to get a hay from me. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I did meet a lot of people that messaged me first too. It wasn't just like, I'm only going after people mm-hmm. and that's it. I'm, I'm ignoring any messages that are coming in, but I didn't just wait because from my perspective, like I wanted to practice agency in who mm-hmm. I ended up with too. If I right. saw somebody that I liked and said, well, I could wait and see if they message me or I can message them again. It's like, well, what if they haven't seen me yet. What if they don't know what my personality is like? And so I've always been that way. It's like, if I want something, I try to take control over whatever my part or responsibility is in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what your perspective is too on the concept of playing games with people, because I feel like on dating apps, it's a lot of that mind game culture of don't respond right away. Uh, you know, like yeah. leave yeah. people wanting more, only say the same length of message as they said or whatever. And I think there is something to ma- trying to match energies, right? Like not overexerting if that's not what's being given to you. Right. But, and, and also not like, there's also, I think something healthy about not dropping everything you're doing to get sucked into like, a constant back and forth with somebody right away. Like, yeah, Yeah. live your life. You don't need to respond immediately, but any sort of like people waiting like a day or two between messages and then that person feeling like they need to do the same. I hear about that so often. And I I did see that on dating apps and it's just like, like what, what is the goal there? What is the purpose behind that? No, I do not. Uh, not yeah. into it. I, I- CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I, Cam got my, so actually he did kind of make the first move. Now that I think about it, oh wow. Okay, oh. so Cam, Cam got, I, I told my friend Patrick, I was like, look, if you know any guys um, that are single that you think I'd be a good fit for, hook it up. Like that's kind of half joking, half not. Sure. And so- Patrick shared this with a few people. Cam was one of them and Cam said, I'm interested. And so Patrick gave him my number. And that night, like maybe within 20 minutes, he texted me saying, Hey, it's Cam. Um, and, and, and we went from there. So oh, I actually remember. So, so he did make the first move. I, I, I let it known that I was available and, um, open to talking to people, okay. but he actually made that first text. And then from there, he just wanted to be very respectful about all the other moves. Um, and so maybe I had to kind of spearhead those a little bit more, but I really appreciated that, that he's like, yeah, I got, I literally just got your number and here I am. And I Love responded it. back immediately and yeah. within, oh my God, a day or two, we went on our first date. I mean, there was not this back and forth bullshit yeah. and, um, Again, I think the right person is going to appreciate that. And if they don't, then they're probably not a, a fit for you anyway, potentially. But like you said, Kels, like it would have been, it, I wouldn't have enjoyed if like Cam all of a sudden was texting me all day and night without stop. Like I all of a sudden became like his main focus. That is right. not an attractive quality for me because um, I want somebody who has balance in their life. Like I'm going to be, a welcome addition to their life, but I'm not the only thing. I'm not the end all be all. And I don't treat people that way either. Um, So I think kind of establishing expectations on how often you want to be chatting with somebody in the beginning is, is good. And whether you have a conversation about that, or you just start to pick up on patterns that you're both cool with, and you don't Mm -hmm. have to have the conversation. I don't know, Kels, how do you feel about that? And what's, what's been something that you've enjoyed? Yeah, I I agree. I think that um, any sort of that mind game stuff, I think you have to stop and have a conversation with yourself and ask what you're really looking for from somebody. Because yeah. I think if both people are entering into something where they know what they're looking for and they're not interested in mind games, I think that can kind of like weed it out yes. pretty quickly. And if you do feel like somebody's doing that, because like you said, there is such a big difference between somebody intentionally being gamey and like a fuck boy versus they have a life, they have commitments that they're, they're not going to be glued to their phone every second. It's an important distinction. And yeah. um, There's a woman on TikTok. I'm trying to think, I think her account is. So my mom's a therapist or something like that, but she talks about how people, if they ever feel um, 
like they're about to get ghosted or like something has changed or they like they're just feeling something's being triggered in them that's making them feel icky. Yeah. It's it's not so much that people should be seeking a partner who is rapid fire response all the time. It's somebody who's consistent. Right. So it's like if it's unusual for them to not respond for like a long stretch of time, then that can trigger those icky feelings. But if somebody responds yeah. to you within I don't know, like 30 minutes to a couple hours each time you're messaging, at least early on, it's like, you just want to feel that they are a consistent human, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not saying I didn't participate in some of the games when I was younger, but I only did that with people who I knew I didn't actually want to date for real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I had two different categories, like people that I'd be willing to hook up with and people I would want to date. And Mm -hmm. that was a very clear separation for me. So even if like, you know, a a fuck boy situation was happening, it didn't really bother me because I wasn't serious about them in that way. So, you know, it it didn't have that that same weight. But if I was interested in somebody um, and they were trying to play a game or something, I'd be like, I'm, I'm losing interest. And also I'm not really attracted to this quality. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, move on from this. And the only, the only times that I wasn't as direct as I should have been is when I just did not want to hurt the person's feeling feelings. And I figured, well, if we leave this date and they don't reach out about a second date, then I'm not going to reach out and hopefully it'll just kind of fizzle and we'll both kind of, you know, move on. But if they reach out, I have to be honest about I wasn't feeling it or like, I wish you the best of luck on here or whatever it is. But that's the only reason I wasn't direct always like as quickly as possible. Got it. Yeah. You know, Uh, I think another thing that people potentially run into in the beginning of dating somebody is not knowing what kind of a first date to ask them on. So let's say that like, you know, the messaging is to a point where the next step is that you're going to meet up. I think sometimes men don't know if meeting up for a drink will come off as too forward or, you know, like you, maybe you don't know if the person does drink. Yeah. Uh, it, sometimes a dinner might seem like a too, like too formal. So then people go to the coffee yeah. route. What would be your, like, um, when you were on the apps, what was your yeah. ideal first date? I suppose my ideal first date on both ends was something that was pretty short and sweet, just in case we weren't feeling it and we could leave. Right. But Mm -hmm. also short and sweet to where if we were enjoying it, we could keep the date going. So that's why I always propose let's meet for coffee or a dessert or a drink or something. That was kind of my go-to because yeah, we, you know, in under an hour we would leave and it wouldn't be uncomfortable, but I had a really hard with dinner dates and I would recommend, I would always try to recommend something else, but sometimes this per- the person really wanted to take me to dinner and I'm like, all right, fine. That's, that's really nice. Okay. Right. Um, so I tried to, and I tried to like, no, no movies or long excursions of any kind that feels like more of a second, third date. Once you know that you're interested in getting to know the person better. Um, what about you, Kels? How do you feel about that? I, you guys know on the show, I talk about how much I love sports and activities and stuff like that. And so 
like my favorite dates with Chad are always when we're going and doing something. So whether it's like mini golf or shooting hoops or playing tennis or like there are so many sort of arcade bar type places where I think that's a really fun interaction is like there's drinking that is optional but any sort of activity I think just like breaks the ice kind of quickly and you can have fun it's like a conversation starter I always think that those are fun ways and they're kind of like playful I mean most people enjoy doing things like mini golf or I don't know. I know that I'm like more of a tabletop sport enthusiast than most people in the world (laughs) because of foosball. (laughs) But I just think anything like that, that gets you guys interacting and talking, just the, the idea of like a straight up sit down convert like that, I think can feel like a lot of pressure. But if you're doing something while you're talking is helpful. I, I know, um, I think especially in LA, like people can do a lot of hikes Yes. Uh, as a first date, because you're kind of like moving around and yeah, like that. So absolutely. I totally agree. I am. I'm really a fan of like, like, let's grab a cup of coffee or tea or something. And then maybe we go on a walk after, like, if we want to continue, it's like, okay, oh, you want to walk down the street? Are you hungry? Do you want to grab some lunch? I like the opportunity to make it a longer date, but not the pressure that it's going to be long. I I think that's, that was always my fear. Cause like mini golf sounds fun, but that could take like an hour and a half. (laughs) If if I know like in five minutes, I'm not interested in the person. I don't want to be trapped at mini golf with them for an hour and a half. No offense. You know what I mean? And vice versa. Right. So it's like, I love the, the, the activity stuff for we've already had a first meeting and we know we want to keep it going at least for date number two. Then I love the idea of like a mini golf hike, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But yeah. I always, especially cause I was fitting so many dates in, I didn't want to go on like 12, one hour. <laughs> Listen, I don't have the time. I got to be back here for a broccoli and cheddar soup at noon. So give me a hot 40. How's a hot 40 minute date? We that- got to get in and get out. <laughs> so maybe yes, that's, yeah. Like that. Our like a takeaway for guys who are listening or, or anybody trying to figure out like what to do to initiate that first date is like, do something low pressure yeah but yes has the opportunity to lead to something more but like not doesn't have to yes how do you feel about kissing on a first date Ooh, i'm open to it yeah yeah yep yeah i uh trying to think back on first dates i've had I'm, i'm not somebody who's like staunchly against a first date kiss i think it really like depends on the vibe yeah, I agree. Yeah, you do you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I, you know, I've I've done both things. I have had a first case, uh, kiss, you know, on a first date, and and not. And I think it just that also can depend on like the time of day. Like grabbing a cup of tea with somebody, and then they, <laughs> they walk into their car. It's like broad daylight, and you've only known them for forty five minutes. I'm like, ah, maybe we wait till date number two on that. But yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of just kind of letting it, letting it flow. And you know, I've also, yeah, somebody's tried to kiss me. Like, oh, I'm, you know, is cool if we don't do that at this moment. Um, yeah. it, it, it all just depends. I, I don't know. I think you just got to feel it. If you, do you want to, then do it. If you don't, then don't. <laughs> right. You know what I'm thinking? And I guess I don't know, but I feel like men on first dates don't often do like um, an in-between where it's like a kiss on the cheek. 
maybe because they're too afraid that like women think that like they're going in for a kiss and then there's like an opportunity for awkwardness of like sure. oh, are you what but like I would think you know I'm thinking back on my my younger self yeah it's like a nice it's like it shows interest but it's not too much I like that oh a kiss on the cheek could be nice yeah yeah I actually like that idea yeah. I'm trying to think if that was something that was a thing for me you're right. Like, I feel like it was either no kiss or full on mouth to mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. They wanted to give me CPR after the donut, <laughs> whatever it was. And yeah. I do. I think there could be a nice little subtle in between where it's like, yeah, if you're not interested in somebody, you're not going to try to kiss them on the cheek and show that type of affection. Right. But you also don't know how comfortable they are with that. And maybe you don't really want to ask, like, can I kiss you or mind if I give right. you a kiss? I, I like that. I like the idea of like a, a hug and a kiss on the cheek or something. Yeah. I think yeah. that could be nice. <clears throat> yeah. I'd be into that. So to wrap things up a little bit, I'm curious if your, um, your red flags from dating in your 20s have changed mm-hmm. in your 30s or like deal breakers or priorities. What was Delaney yeah. in her 20s looking for that Delaney in her 30s maybe prioritizes differently oh god (laughs) so (laughs) in my 20s I was truly like open to all of the things I I didn't know um and then I you know the more people you meet the more you're like oh I actually I would like this versus this and all that so I didn't really have a whole lot of things I was looking for it was pretty basic like Mm -hmm. I thought they were attractive they seemed to have a job they seemed friendly enough yeah sounds good let's meet for coffee um now God, there's so many things. I mean, it would be about like, do they want children or not? Like, I don't want kids. So if somebody wanted kids, I wouldn't meet with them. That's not fair to them, you know, or myself. Um, You know, do they have a a somewhat active lifestyle? Because I really like to be outside and go on hikes and walks and maybe not something super extreme. I'm not like a water sport person or anything, but I like (laughs) to be outdoors and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, those things were not stuff that was on my my radar um, back then. I mean, somebody who maybe like is doing something that they're passionate about, whether it's something that they do for work or on the side of, of their work, I think that's always a nice thing to be around somebody who is like feeling joyful with the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there would be a lot of differentiators now that were not there that's why I think I wouldn't be meeting with as many people um yeah because I went from zero kind of things I was looking for to like some very specific things um yeah. what about you Kels with all that yeah so different for me uh thinking about me in my 20s because I didn't have my shit together in my 20s yeah. so I didn't it's like I didn't even think to have certain standards in um well standards isn't the right word I want to use um priorities yeah priorities things that were like these absolutely have to be in place in order for me to be happy in a relationship they just weren't a thing on my mind necessarily because I was still really figuring out like you know especially in my what early to mid 20s wasn't doing stand-up full-time yet so financially I was not super stable and 
just, I was figuring myself out. I didn't have a really great relationship with myself. I was really, really anxious. I was really hard on myself. And I, I just had a lot of growing and learning to do. And then in your 30s, I think you have collected so many lessons at that point from mm -hmm. your past relationships, your past experiences. And it, to me, feels, I think, for a lot of people, like when you're in your 30s, it's a little bit more like musical chairs. It's what you're talking about, Delaney, where you're asking, like, does this person want to have kids? Because you're really, like, getting down to, like, I am trying to make choices of yeah. having a lifelong partner. Right. And... So for me, things that were not as important to me in my 20s that became very, not just important, but like, I guess a true deal breaker were things like financial security. Yeah. Um, somebody who's been in therapy and- mm, That's a good one. Continues to be in therapy, whether, you know, regardless of like the, the frequency, but somebody who makes their mental health a priority- yeah. on a consistent basis, somebody who um, cares about their health. And yeah. because you did, like I'm saying, the musical chairs, you start to look at somebody like, can we be together in right. a primal way? Like, are you taking care of yourself? Can, can I feel that you can also take care of me and we can take care of each other as we get older? And, yeah. um, and do I respect this person? Do I respect what they do for a living? Like you kind of touched on, do they love what they do? Are they passionate about yeah. it? Um, how do they treat others? Just so many things that I didn't even know to like articulate in my 20s because it just yes. wasn't um, on the forefront of my mind. But absolutely, um, financial security has been one that I, I can't believe how important that became in my life. But I realized for me, in my finances, how important it felt at a certain point to have my shit together and yeah. to let go of shame around making money and to get excited at the thought of feeling secure and preparing for the future. I, I think as a comic, you get a little away from that mindset of like, 401ks and retirement you're just kind of like oh, I'm just living my life and like everything's great and it'll work out and then you do get a little older and go okay but financially let's really make a plan so right. that we can retire <laughs> someday right so things that became important for me and like I've mentioned a lot on the show how much my relationship with myself has changed in the last few years and really learning to love myself I think then set that bar a lot higher for what I was seeking in my partner and that it actually, I felt like it would not work out for me to have a relationship with somebody who didn't have their finances together and who didn't have like a clear pathway to that financial security. And yeah. sometimes that uh, can be a tall order, but it, I, I know you and I have had lots of conversations outside of the show about what a difference it can make in a relationship when you both are not worried about money on a daily basis right. and right. how if one of you or both of you are, how it can really bleed into every other part of your relationship and create resentment that has nothing to do with the amount of love you have 
for a partner. Money is so, it can be so yeah. unfortunate in that way where it's like, it seems like this unromantic thing. And yet it, especially if like you are living with somebody, building a life with somebody, it can create so many problems. And um, yeah, that's, that has probably been the biggest change for me is understanding the importance of that for me, at least. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything that you just said in, in my twenties, I didn't even know what my own values were. So I wasn't looking for similar values in other people, you know, yeah. and it's like, then you get really clear on what those are. And it, for me, I feel like, like gosh, it would be so much easier, not, not easier to date like now, but easier to know what was going to be worth my time and not where right. I didn't like back then I was like, let's just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks with these dudes. I don't want to, whatever. Sure. And now I'd be like, Oh, like out of, you know, maybe 10 people I was talking with, I only really want to meet two of them in real life because of X, Y, Z. Like, it's just so much more clear and tangible. I think yeah. for me now. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And even though Kim and I are so different and there's we have so many opposites, our values are, um, are so similar. Like we have the same, the, the, the ones that matter are the same. We really want to enjoy life together. We don't give a fuck about the status quo. We, we don't care if this is what most people do and that we don't, we don't do like, we should do this. We should do that. We do what we enjoy together. And that mutual respect of like, look, you got a lot of different habits and things that you like and vice versa, but the thing that aligns us is we want the other person to be happy and we want to be happy. So whatever makes that person happy is makes us happy. Like who, who did we have on the the podcast that was like, Oh, it must be really hard for a vegan and a non-vegan to be in a relationship. And I was like, Oh, that's me and my husband. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. It's like, we don't even, it's not even a thing. You know what I mean? He eats what he wants to eat. I eat but I want to eat. We, we go to places that have op- options for both of us or one or the other. It's like, because we, we respect each other, what each other wants to do. Yeah. Even if we feel differently about certain things, you know, it's like, yeah, I think you just gotta, you have to find that common ground that makes you an unshakable with your partner and, and what, those, yeah. what those are, you know, what a great way to put it. And same for me with, even though I'm not vegan anymore, I'm still dairy free and I still have a lot of dietary restrictions because of food allergies. And so same right. with me and Chad, just a couple nights ago, he was like, I'm craving pizza. Are you cool if I get pizza and you get a burger from, you know, the place next to it or whatever? 
And yeah. I was like, of course. And it's right. It's funny because like, I don't know if Cam ever feels this way or maybe he's kind of like moved past it because you guys have been together for so long. But Chad always wants to make sure that that's like okay with me, that like he eats something in front of me that I can't have. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't yeah. been able to eat pizza for so long that like pizza doesn't even register for me anymore, which is like sad because it used to be one of my favorite <laughs> things. But I'm never like, oh, it yeah. doesn't like break my heart. It's just like, I've just accepted that that is part of my life. Right. Um, so yeah, right. it's like right. those things, I think it depends maybe on what people value. If that was, I guess for some people, it's like, if they're vegan, that's really a, yeah. a deal breaker for them if their partner isn't. But, right. um, right. yeah. And I just, I also wanted to say that with me talking about the financial stuff, I think it's important that it's, it's less that like both people are zillionaires. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's that whatever your values are for your lifestyle, that you are aligned in that. Because right. I know lots of couples in my life and my family who um, neither of them are like extremely wealthy, but they're the way they want to live is the same and they live comfortably. Yeah. So right. it's like, as long as I feel as long as there isn't like something really lopsided that one part is like causing a bunch of stress to the other part of the relationship, that's fine. Right. It's just, right. I think that's a big thing in your thirties is figuring out what you value. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, money is just the vehicle for options and choices. You know, it's like yeah. nobody gives a shit about the physical paper of money or the fucking, the, the number on the screen. It's the fact that you, you know, it becomes more expansive, the things that you can do with each other and all that. And like you said, putting that where it makes the most sense for both of you and on what you enjoy, like there can be a couple over here that like spending all of their disposable income on traveling. And then there can be a couple over here that spends all their disposable income on, on eating out at restaurants, right? If you have one person that really wants to spend a lot of money on travel and somebody who doesn't want to travel, they want to spend their money on you know, buying clothes or something, there's going to be some challenges there and it has nothing to do with money. Yes. It's about the way that they're spending their money or want to spend their money. So I I totally agree. Like there's a reason that finances are the number one thing that people fight about, but it's the fights are not about money. They're about values. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I will say one more thing too, that I think is a big difference for me in my 30s versus 20s is communication in a relationship yeah even if because you're talking about differences with you and cam even if your love languages are different um your ability to communicate respectfully i think is like oh my god such a massive foundation in a relationship because like you will have disagreements you will butt heads about things but and I think that's where that therapy component comes in for me of like why that's so important for me that because I value therapy so much in my life and that's important for me for the person I'm with to value it too. And uh, just having that sort of security of like we can communicate through anything is right. crucial for me. Right. That's such a good one. It makes me realize that me in my 20s, when it came to dating, I made a lot of assumptions And I would act on those assumptions instead of communicating. And now I don't do that. 
yes. with my relationship at all, where yeah. I almost completely fucked up my relationship with Cam in the beginning because there was a lack of communication about something. Yeah. And it made me think, oh, this, this guy it doesn't want anything. He, this guy is not ready for a relationship or doesn't want a relationship. I'm just not going to put any effort or energy into that. To that. And oh. that's just not what was going on at all. But it made me think, okay, this guy just wants to do this. That's fine. He's in this other category now though. Remember yeah. I only had two categories. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Bye. And I, I was going to pour my energy into somebody else or a couple other people. Right. And thank God. Um, we were able to, we were able to communicate on what had happened because if we hadn't, I would have probably done something that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been something that Cam and I could have continued from. I don't think it would have been something. Yeah. It would have been like, oh, this girl, like just did this thing. And, and that was that, I don't think we would have been together. So thank God something wow. intervened, you know, because yeah. it was like split seconds of an inter- intervention, I would, I would say. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, I almost like lost my husband in that way because of my assumptions and me acting on my assumptions instead of just telling him, Hey, I really like you. Is the yes. situation that you like me this, this way too, or not. And he would have been able to say, yeah, of course. And this situation over here is nothing to worry about. This is exactly what's going on. It would have saved me all that bullshit, but I was, I was emotionally reacting. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't kind of thinking critically and I wasn't being vulnerable and I wasn't being honest. I was being an asshole, you know, Um, you were were protecting yourself totally protecting myself. I didn't even realize that what I was doing was kind of like a, maybe a, even a trauma response from a previous relationship. I had no idea ah, yeah. um, where I'm like, Oh, this guy's just going to cheat. And he's just a piece of shit. So see you later. Let me just go over here and find somebody who isn't. And that wasn't that if you've ever met Cam in your life, that's not <laughs> who he is at all. He's so the opposite, but I didn't know because I was just, I, I was like, this situation feels similar to me. I don't like it. I'm going to protect myself. And I am going to, you know, pursue somebody else instead. And um, that stuff does not happen with us anymore. Like if I find that I'm, I'm making an assumption about something, I just go directly to Cam and talk to him about it. Yeah, but that's hard to do. Uh, I yeah. shared a quote a little while ago on the show fairly recently about the quality of your life is dependent on how many awkward conversations you're willing to have. Oh, so good. And I think especially romantic relationships in that way, like, ooh, it can be so hard to have conversations, especially ones where you look insecure or like ones based on assumption. But if, you know, if your assumption is right, that could really make you feel a certain way. Those conversations are really hard to get into, right? But I do think you're right that the more you do it, the more you exercise that muscle, the more you create that trust in your relationship that it's a two way, like both of you can have those conversations with each other. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. I, one more thing also, because you just, what you said made me think of this. I feel like in my twenties, I used to be more reactive, like how you're saying that you, you would kind of like retreat. It was almost like flight, fight, yeah. freeze. Like you would kind of flight. You like wouldn't want to, deal with it um I think I had gotten 
into a place where I had become really comfortable bringing up um, things I wasn't happy about, but in a way where it's like, like pick your battles, you know, like Mm. I was, I was not very good at a certain point, I think in, um, in a past relationship of picking my battles. Mm. And I have really benefited from the idea of halt the whole, if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired to halt, to pause and kind of get yourself into a more neutral, calm place before you engage in a conversation that maybe could become heightened and I used to I had like no pause (laughs) I was (laughs) green light always I uh I mean maybe I used to have more of it uh and then it just kind of I think sometimes you can just get comfortable in a relationship and right feel like you want to I don't know go into conversations when you're not in the right headspace and now that's a big difference for me is if I I know you and I talk about feeling a lot of anxiety the day after drinking yes and granted I don't drink very frequently but when I do I will feel a lot of things come up for me the next day that I'm like I don't know if this is really rooted in something that needs to be discussed like how about you sleep on this and see how you feel and more often than not it's like you know what I was just like not in the best headspace I'm happy I didn't think that that was like the right time to engage in that sort of a conversation so yeah the power of pause has really been huge for me in my relationship it's so good Kels because I feel like I was at the other end of the spectrum and now I'm in the middle where I I felt like nothing really needed to be brought up probably you know like it would all just work itself out indirectly at some point And I've had to get better about actually making an effort in that department. It's like, okay, Mm. there's patterns that I do need to speak up about, you know, like those types of things. But it's so interesting how like you could be on either end of the spectrum and it is creating something that you maybe don't want in a relationship. And you do have to take a different action of like the discernment of when to say something and when to not. Um, And I would, I just ask myself, um, I was just talking about a friend about this is like, what, what is the goal of bringing it up? You know, what is the goal? Do you want there to be a different result? Do you really care about the relationship and you're trying to problem solve? Do you just want to be right? And just say that you're right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, what What is the intention? (laughs) Yeah. And when you ask yourself those questions, like, I think those are really important. Um, I have a question for you. I know we have to wrap up in a bit. Um, but we talked a lot, a lot about online dating. Mm-hmm. What about meeting people in the wild? What has worked for you? What has not worked for you when oh. you meet somebody in real life for the first time? Gosh, I mean, well, with Chad, it's like, that was like a real life because we knew each other through comedy, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, that was same with my ex-husband met him through comedy um are you asking like what I prefer like how I like to yeah like the past have been approached yeah like if somebody's tuning in like okay what if I am not doing the apps and I really want to make a connection you know if I see somebody at a restaurant or at the grocery store or whatever you know what I mean yeah hmm 
That's tough. I don't know. I've never really had like any relationships start from just a, I, like a guy approaching me in a bar yes. sort of a thing. So I don't really have necessarily the experience to speak to that, but I think it would be, uh, I think it would be similar to the things that I appreciated in the online dating space where it was like, yeah. if somebody is going to initiate, you don't want it to be just like some gross pickup line or make you feel right. like a number to them or whatever. Um, right. Anything that's like genuine, funny, sincere, like actually yes. the way you have said that you would message people like, look, like, I'm going to be like, I just think you're cute and I'd love to talk to you or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can picture you saying that to a guy and having a guy at a bar be like, oh, that's so flattering. So right. I don't know. It's I don't envy men in uh, in that pressure to do like an in-person approach. I would imagine that is a lot of pressure because it's not on a dating app. A lot of times you will see that the two of you have like matched or whatever. So at least, you know, right away that there's interest on both ends to do it in the wild. Yes. What a gamble. You're just like, right. Shooting a shot. So yes. Yes. I think that trying to find that line of like not being creepy or pushy, but being like confident and kind, if you can find, you know, the confident kind approach. I yeah. Think women appreciate that. Yeah. And maybe there's like some, like you said online, it's like, you know, you're both looking for something in the, right. the wild you may not know if that person is single or not or right <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot going on but if you really wanted to take that approach where maybe you've tried the dating apps and you're like i just need to, i want to do something different um same thing like kel said is like finding a reason why you're approaching them that isn't just you're hot let's fuck you know what i mean it's like okay <laughs> yeah. hey i noticed that you're wearing this this band's t-shirt or something i saw them you know, in 2012, right. the bubble, like, could you strike up a conversation about something? And if you can't, then just be honest, like, look, to be honest, I just think you're really beautiful. I have no idea if you are even single, but I had to tell you and just kind of shoot my shot. And I don't really do this, you know, I don't really do this in, in person, but I figured why not? Like honesty is very helpful. Yes. And even if the person's like, you know what, I I'm actually married or something, but this was so flattering and I really appreciate it. And who knows, I might have a friend for you, you know, actually sure. my, one of my friends is single, you know, like you, you just, you just don't know. But, um, the way that I ended up finding Cam, you know, we connected, we did, we, we worked together, but we actually got to know each other when we both joined the, the, um, company softball team. See, so it's like an activity, you, an we activity, it. right? It's like, if you are doing things that you enjoy around people who are enjoying that thing, it's such an easy common denominator to talk about and strike up a conversation about it's like takes no effort yes um that that's those are the types of environments I'd be putting myself in if I were single today I wouldn't just do online dating I'd be like you know I'm gonna join a walking club or I'm gonna go to these fucking vegan festivals and whatever meet yeah. people like I'm gonna do stuff that I like doing anyway and put myself in that in that environment yes and I've talked about that when I live in Seattle, I joined a volleyball team as an, I signed up as an individual and then they group everybody who signed up as an individual and they put them on a team. And that was oh, so awesome. nerve wracking for me. That was a 
a lot of social anxiety I had to push through because it feels like you're the you're like a kid alone on the playground again yeah. in like elementary school it's very nerve-wracking but I um I didn't yeah. know that many people in Seattle I wanted to m- make more friends and um and just have like a thing to do right I had all my best friends from home but like I think maybe only one of them lived in Seattle at the time if I am remembering that correctly and I ended up, I, I couldn't believe it, because you're thinking, like, these people are probably all going to be so fucking weird. Like, they're probably going to think I'm weird. Like, how are these random people going to connect? And I ended up becoming friends with everybody on my team. They would, like, come out to my comedy shows. We'd, like, meet up for drinks. It was such a, nice. an amazing experience. And yeah. so I'm not suggesting, like, hey, like... I don't think you'll always find love in uh, a situation like that, but you can definitely find connection. And like you said, maybe, maybe somebody on the team has a friend that they're looking to set up with, with somebody. So I always recommend stuff like that for sure. Absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. Anything honesty. else you want to add about dating? <laughs> Just honest. Yes. I like what you're talking about with, uh, even if you go up to somebody to bar and you call out that it's awkward to be doing this, if you're like, look, like, I feel super awkward doing this. I like promise I'm not trying to like be a creepy dude at a bar. All of that stuff, like cut through that immediate awkwardness of assumptions. Because I think as women, we do assume if a guy's approaching us at a bar, we're kind of like, oh God. So if you're going to do it in the wild, like state that you know that this is Call it out. Call it out. I feel like that's much more Mm endearing. Address the elephant in the room. A thousand percent. Yeah. I would appreciate that. And it's yeah. not weird because you're like, no clue if you're even available. And then it's like, there's no pressure. The response, there's no pressure Yeah, on either end. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm so happy we did this episode. Thank you to our, our listeners yeah. and um, the people who participated in that poll on my Instagram, um, giving suggestions because this was, I think, a really fun one to talk about. Yes, it was. I could talk about Dayton all day. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, shit. We, like, ran long. That's always when you know. It's like, oh, this was a good one for us to do. But so um, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Mango11495. Um, they say, the best friends I've never met. I love this podcast. I've been listening to Self Helpless Pod for three years now, and I've been a patron listener for close to a year. These girls are the best friends I've never met, and they can be yours too. Oh. I just finished listening to the growth episode and like all of the others. I found it so relatable. I laughed with the girls as they talked about their new focus on things like birds during <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> Whose was that? Probably yours, not mine. <laughs> that sounds like you. Probably. I- <laughs> I was listening to this episode from the trail and simultaneously creeping on a heron, LOL. Oh my God. I, I look forward this to self helpless every incredible. week. What an yes. iTunes review. Thank you so much. Wow. I Mango. love that. Mango11495. What a fabulous review. This is so funny. It's so funny how well people end up knowing us. I know. Through this. Like I you know. just feel an instant connection to them. Yeah. Gosh, that's so nice. So Thank nice. you. Thank you for taking the time to leave it. You guys know if you want to be read on the show and you want to help the show in a free way, please leave us an iTunes review. Click that fifth star. It just takes two seconds. Um, yes. Do you have a segment you want to share? Um, I think I just have a hot wreck. Um, I've been watching a new show, the show um, Extraordinary. Have you been watching that, Kels? Uh-uh. It's so fucking funny. I, I, it's so well done. It's so clever. Highly recommend it. 
I didn't know anything about it. And then I, I'm only a few episodes in, but I haven't laughed out loud at a show like this in quite some time. Wow. Um, just, I think it's on Hulu. Okay. It's so fucking great, well-casted, great writing. I mean, I'm addicted to it. Like I cannot wait to just finish the rest of it um, after work today. So oh shit. Okay. Recommend. Yeah. So good. What about you? So funny because my uh, good shit is that I finished Game of Thrones. And oh, there you go. <laughs> I have started on the House of the Dragon. I know I said on a recent episode that I was watching Game of Thrones. I've officially finished it. Um, I won't. I feel like I shouldn't say much because I, I bet there are other people out there that haven't watched it that don't want spoilers. I will say for those of you who have watched it, I did understand why some people were not happy with the direction of the finale. Um, oh, not yeah. like the actual director nice. directing. Yes. I mean the direction of the storyline and, and how it ended. Yes. Some controversial decisions. Some right. controversial decisions. I will say that. Um, was a little disappointed in the uh, buildup and then kind of lackluster way of one of the characters dying and I, again, it's a whole, I can't like say certain things because I don't want it to be spoilers, but I will say that I, I feel like one of the characters deserved like a harsher end than they got, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. for as evil as they were. It felt a little bit like, oh, that's it. Yep. Cam was straight up pissed off talking to people about this for at least three weeks after like wow. each of his friends, individual conversations. Yeah. Wow. That's a, I mean, what a sign of a, of a pretty impactful show, whether people are happy or pissed, they're talking about it and they give a shit about the characters and the outcome, you know, yes. like it, how powerful that can be. It really came to life. Yeah. I will say the episode and the last season called, I believe it's the longest night or the long night one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. That was, that was like watching a movie in an episode. Yeah. It was incredible. So uh, now I'm on House of the Dragon and going to keep nice. cranking through. But yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice. Just a little fun distraction at night to, to escape into. So yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. All right, Amazing. guys. Uh-huh. We hope that this was a helpful episode. It was cathartic yeah. to talk about. Yeah, we we could talk about this all day. So if you want more <laughs> yeah. dating uh, episodes, just let us know. For sure. All right, guys. Let us know. We Bye. love you. See you in San Francisco this week. And uh, Delaney, you want to yeah. plug your show again? DelaneyFisher.com, the Minimalist Business Podcast. And another big thank you to Mango11495 for the lovely review. We really appreciate it. That was so nice. All right. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 